The brawler's body was all sinew. The turtle shell muscles of his stomach rippled as he breathed. Somewhere in the throng, he heard a gasp. All they saw were the wings. The wings. Huge and black and furled across the brawler's back. A seven-year of sun had faded them gray and turned his skin to leather. But there they were, stamped indelibly across his hide like the name they'd earned him. The Reaper. He felt it at his core. They remembered. What's up, you guys? Welcome back for another episode. If you are catching the story for the first time, I will have a link to the playlist in the show notes where you can catch everything leading up to this point in the story. My question of the week, what is your deal? Are you a writer? Are you a storyteller? Are you an artist? Are you just a fantasy enjoyer? I want to hear from you in the comments about who you are. If you stick around to the end of the episode, I'll tell you a little more about myself. All right, let's get to the good stuff. I'm Josh Call, and this is Last Coliseum. There was something eerie and unsettling about making his way through the city he had long ago loved. She who'd long ago given him her back, who'd sheathed a knife in his, like walking through a dream. He was older now, and wiser, maybe, and hollow. Like a ghost, he drifted along the cobbles. Night coalesced around him. And like a ghost, he felt himself drawn by some deep compass toward those places he'd known in life. The scarred wood yielded wearily as he pushed through the door into the dram house. The old scent of cheap whiskey and dead memory suffused his nostrils. Like the brawler, the dram house looked a little more tired and a little more bowed than when he'd seen her last, and with a few more scars. But beneath the grit she was the same. Same cracked, filthy glasses on the rack behind the bar. Same weary old barkeep, though his gut and his nose had gotten bigger, and his eyes squintier same run-down old harlot dozing by the hearth. At the squeal of the hinge, the barkeep plucked a cobwebby tankard from the rack and spat in it. He gave it a polish with a soot-colored rag. What's your pleasure? He drawled, hardly glancing up at the newcomer. Information. That made him look. The barkeep's beetle eyes narrowed as he sized up the newcomer. Haytham watched him close for a glimmer of recognition. Nothing. He took note of this and filed it away in the back of his mind. It was better that way, anonymity. The lowlands had weathered him, and these days he wore a coarse scraggle of russet beard. Only the eyes were the same, gray and solid, like unwrought iron. And even if he hadn't changed, the world he'd come back to had. For all the glory he'd known before, the Reaper was a relic of a bygone time. The edge had moved on without him. And that was fine the better to carry out his grim revenger's task. Also mead, the barkeep grunted, setting the tankard to one side with a decisive thud. Then he saw the silver eighth bit the fighter had laid on the scarred counter. Then again, he reflected, never any arm in a drink in a natter, is there? He pulled a long, sudsy draft from the rundlet behind the bar and slid it to Haytham. The silver disappeared up one of his sleeves. You were saying? I'm looking for someone. The barkeep nodded. The spider. He cocked his head. Ooh. He didn't say anything. The barkeep shrugged. Check round back. Plenty of spiders. Rats, too. I've got business with him. Oh? And what's that got to do with me, mate? He'd wrung out the rag and begun wiping down the weathered bar top. His scarred knuckles were white, Haytham noticed. And his free hand had begun a slow creep under the counter. Think hard before you do something stupid. The brawler whispered. 
The barkeep pulled his hand back as if he'd been burned. A dark flush crept up his cheeks. Listen, he growled. You're not the first man to come in asking questions about... About him. If you know him at all, you know that you don't find him, he finds you. Haytham clicked another three bits down on the counter. The other man eyed them for a long moment before his eyes flicked back to the brawlers. You can toss down the keys to the grey bloody keep if you like. I can't tell you what I don't know. I told you, he finds, so help him find me. There was a call for another round at the other end of the bar. The barkeep scurried over with an armful of tankers, counted out change, and spent a few minutes chattering. Twice, Haytham caught him shooting furtive looks in the brawler's direction. One of the patrons had a blackened eye and a mashed nose. His fellows kept slapping him on the back and calling for another finger of whiskey. The bloodied one was much the drunker when he eventually staggered over to the whore and began loudly haggling over a tumble. When the barkeep came back, there was a glimmer of a smile on his lips. You ever see a pit fight? The floorboards trembled. Haytham let his calloused fists slip under the counter. A few. You look like you could hold your own. Haytham didn't answer. The barkeep shrugged. I only say so because sometimes his man happens by to watch the fights. If he thinks you're worth his time... What's his man look like? The barkeep shook his head and grinned, exposing a shelf of cracked and yellow teeth. I'm scareder of him than I am of you. The whore and the drunkard had come to terms, and the barkeep followed them up to unlock the upstairs room. Always room on the list, he told Haytham before he went. Think about it. He didn't have to think about it. He needed the spider. He nursed his meat until the barkeep came back down. I'll do it, he said before the other man could open his mouth. The barkeep nodded. I thought you would. What'd you say your name was? I didn't. The barkeep rolled his eyes. Can't go on the list without a name. He said it as though to an especially stupid child. Yours and your father's. Or if you've thought up a pit name. No. Haytham, son of none. Well, Haytham, son of none. He swept the three bits off the counter and bowed. I hope you get what you're after. Tommen tossed his empty tankard into the wash basin and watched the stranger head back. He wasn't any man's fool. He knew a knock-knuckles when he saw one. He frowned as the door swung shut behind the cloaked man. Any man asking for the halfpenny spider was looking for trouble. The crossbow the barkeep kept under the counter was for just such a trouble-seeker. He hadn't noticed at first, but the longer he'd spoken to the stranger, the more his face had stoked some coal of recognition in the back of his mind. And again when he'd said his name... He couldn't place it, but he didn't like it. The music of combat swelled as Tommen descended the steps into the cellar. He found Ulnar perched on a barrel near the back of the crowd. The ringmaster cocked an eyebrow as he drew close. Are you playing the bear tonight? He said that he was. Tommen told him about the stranger. I want you to play him against the bear. The ringmaster grinned. You're gonna get the poor son killed. He saw the hooded face of the stranger materialize in the candlelit gloom on the other side of the pit. The barkeep's jaw tightened. The poor sod is begging for it. The stale air was thick with sweat and blood and vinegar. Somewhere, someone had stoved in a barrel, and tankards of fire whiskey were doing a circuit around the ring. Coin was changing hands, eager conversation bubbling like boiling water at every corner of the pit. Sim's knuckles were white on Lee's sleeve. His eyes were wide, trained on the fellow in the center. Wiry and bleeding and bathed in sweat, his red face was hidden behind the flagon pressed to his mouth. Mead dribbled down his chin and dripped on his naked chest. A scattered few around the ring were chanting his name, still more glowered, the ones who'd wagered on the beaten man. 
The fallen man may as well have been dead for all the mine they paid him. He was sprawled face down in the dirt, his arm twisted horribly to one side, blood pooled around his mouth. Some helpful soul upended his tankard and the beaten man came up spluttering. He was in a bad way. No one raised a finger to help as he crawled to the edge of the pit. Lee grimaced as he disappeared into the crowd. The fighting pits were a nasty business. But oh, how glorious. Tankard raised in victory. Their champion grinned his broken, revelrous grin. He might have stood before a crowd of thousands, not the meager two-score crammed into the cellar below the dramhouse. Their love was his. For one fleeting moment, he was a god. As the fighters swaggered drunkenly into the crowd, the ringmaster took to the floor. There was a lockbox under his arm. Give me one last cry, he thundered, for Jethro Smote, bringing blood to you ungrateful villains all the way from Van Galilee. The crowd roared their support for the wiry brawler, smashing their tankards against the walls and stamping their feet. The air crackled. Lee leaned over to Sim. Time to go. He had to shout to be heard over the crowd. Sim frowned and shook his head. He held up a finger. One more, please? Lee shook his head and nodded toward the staircase at the end of the cellar. I said just one. He hopped off the barrel he'd been using as a seat and started toward the exit. Sim! Quick as a snake, the little boy slipped out of his grip and went scampering into the crowd. He crawled between their legs and vanished into the throng. Lee cursed. Give us the bear, someone hollered from an unseen corner. The bear, the crowd agreed. Lee tried to force his way through them, but it was no use. They were a single fleshy unit, stinking with whiskey and blazing with bloodlust. On the other side of the crowd, Sim reappeared. He waved at Lee and held up his finger. One more. You want the bear? The ringmaster bellowed. The crowd thundered. I said, do you want the bear? They howled like the damned. The ringmaster grinned. He opened the lockbox and threw it down in the dirt. Then dig deep, you sons of whores, he barked. The bear don't fight till he sees silver. Lee reached into his pocket and fished out a couple of coppers. He wouldn't admit this to Sim, but there was a blood-hungry part of him deep down that burned like the rest of them. It was that deep, shadowy part which always drew him to the sanctuary for an execution, same as everyone. Thousands and thousands of shadow selves packed into the square to watch the snuffing out of the condemned. It was all great fun. He'd heard of the bear. His name was like a bad dream, a black whisper in the dark rooms of the city's underbelly. Ten or fifteen fights to his name, all of them terrible, bloody victories. Most of the fighters who lost to him had been retired from the pits, and not by choice. At least two who fell never got back up. His pennies clattered into the box. There was a smattering of iron there, some copper and silver. A lonely gold crown. Whoever flashed that was begging to get his purse or his throat slit. The ringmaster picked up the box and flipped it shut. He tucked it under his arm. Ladies, he boomed, I give you the man-breaker, the blood-seeker, the killer in the pit. He will crush you and eat you and laugh while he does it. I give you, he sneered. The bear. Lee half thought the roof would cave in under their thunder. The crowd parted. And there, the bear. The crown trembled as he walked. His shaggy head brushed the low ceiling. Beetle eyes, flat nose, cracked lips curled in a sneer. 
A low rumble emanated from his barrel chest, a coarse black snarl on every inch of exposed skin beneath the thicket, scars and scars and scars. An instinctive terror coursed through Lee as the monster's cruel gaze passed over him. The crowd quailed and was silent. None among them could meet his eye. He took his place on one side of the pit. The ringmaster came forward, dwarfed by the monster's savage bulk. Who will stand before the king? He raised the lockbox aloft. An offering to darker gods. To be paid in sweat, he looked left. And flesh looked right. And blood. He cocked his head. But the offering... Haytham knew what was coming. He'd kept to the fringes of the crowd, his hood drawn, watching, waiting. As soon as the ringmaster began his silly crowing, he knew... It was time. The furrow in the crowd the monster had made was only just beginning to fill in. Haytham slipped between them. Whispers swirled around him. He shut them out. There was only the bear. The bear and the brawler. He dropped into the pit. The crowd's susurrus followed him. He raised his head and lowered his hood. The ringmaster seemed to appreciate this. He offered him a nod that might have said, Good luck, friend. His eyes said, You're gonna need it. He backed away from the center and threw an arm out toward the newcomer. Villains, the ringmaster said. Our offering. The crowd held its breath. Haytham, the son of none. Haytham shed his cloak. With gritted teeth, he sank into that old quicksilver ready stance. He closed his eyes and let out a long, slow breath. The bear charged. The brawler flung himself to one side as the beast lunged for him, jaws snapping. The bear hit the wall like a juggernaut and wheeled around. He bared his teeth. They shone like gray tombstones in the torchlight. The monster hulked after him again. Haytham was ready. He ducked beneath a swiping claw and rammed his fist into the beast's shaggy belly. The bear didn't so much as flinch. His wide gut was sheathed in iron. The brawler barely registered the monster's paw arcing toward him. He caught a mighty backhand slap that sent him spinning. He kept his feet, but only for a second. The savage hooked him around the ankle and brought him crashing onto the hard-packed dirt. The bear pounced on him. He rolled. Still prone, he pistoned both his feet into the monster's side. It was like kicking a brick wall. The beast shuddered with the impact and snarled. Haytham found his feet and staggered back. His ears were ringing. Across the pit, the savage prowled. His black eyes were set with vengeance. Strings of slaver dangled from his chin. He loped after his prey. His beefy paws were stretched to either side, ready to snatch him up if he tried to evade. Haytham's fists were knotty and leathern like old driftwood. He chambered them, waiting for the monster to close in. The beast sprang toward him and Haytham swung. His left popped the savage in the eye. He followed it with a brutal right that crunched into his flat nose. The bear stumbled. Haytham pistoned back and slammed a driftwood fist up under the monster's jaw. He wasn't there. Quicker than lightning, the bear rocked his head to one side and the brawler's fist whistled through empty air. Before Haytham could think, the beast wrapped his powerful limbs around the fighter, pinning his arms to his sides. Haytham thrashed against the monster's strength, but the bear's grip was iron. He felt his joints popping as the vice tightened. His vision flashed red, his pulse a drumbeat in his ears. The bear hurled him across the ring. Haytham flew. He smashed into the ground and rolled onto his side. There was blood on his tongue. 
The beast's shadow fell across him. Haytham started to scramble, but the bear reached down and caught a handful of his shirt. It tore as he swept under the monster's arm and clambered onto his back. He wrapped a powerful arm around the bear's throat. The beast growled. Haytham felt the vibrations in his chest and arm. The monster reared back on his hind paws. For a moment, Haytham glimpsed the crowd, wide-eyed and howling. Then the bear grabbed his legs and came down on him like a felled tree. The pain exploded in Haytham's back as he smashed into the dirt. He roared, his vision pulsing red again. The monster's bulk pinned him to the ground like a small mountain avalanched on top of him. He dimly registered the claw curling around his throat. The beast lifted him into the air, the veins in his massive arms bulging like azure snakes. Haytham squirmed, but his vision was flickering and the bear was indomitable. The savage dragged him over to the side of the ring and slammed him against the stone wall of the cellar. Haytham clawed at the monster's eyes. The bear bit him. A vein in his temple throbbed. A paw came back and smashed Haytham's face. His head lolled. Crimson swirled across his vision. It crunched into him again. Blood poured down over his eyes and mouth. The groans of the crowd seemed muted and far away. The bear hit him again, and the world went red. Lee's mouth was frozen in a grimace. He looked on with a mix of disgust and awe as the bear devoured his prey. Once, twice, thrice the savage struck him and the challenger sagged. The thief was creeping along the outskirts of the crowd. They were rapt, watching the monster's awful work. He slipped between them easily. He found Sim. The boy's eyes were wide, his face ashen save for a rosy blossom on either cheek. He trembled. The crowd fell quiet. Across the ring, the bear slapped the brawler. He didn't stir. Lee's hand closed around the boy's wrist. Let's go, Simmon, he murmured. Sim looked up at him, pleading, It's not over. Lee glanced over at the carnage. The giant spat in the other man's face. The yellow-brown gobbet splattered against his temple and oozed down his battered cheek. He didn't stir. It's over, Lee insisted. The boy shook his head and pointed with his free hand. Look! The savage reared back to strike. His knuckles were shiny red with the other fighter's blood. The brawler's bloodshot eyes snapped open. His feet found the wall. He pumped his legs against the stone and sprang forward like a bolt from a crossbow. The bear was still holding him by the throat when his forehead hit him like a battering ram and obliterated the lower half of his face. The bear screamed. He staggered and dropped the fighter. His face was destroyed. Where there were tombstones before, there was only black blood and gray splinters. His flat nose gouted blood and snot. It soaked his beard and splashed down his chest. The fighter moved with purpose. His fists were a savage blur. He pounded at the wounded predator over and over with brutal precision. The bear was stumbling back from the onslaught. He bayed like a dying hound. The brawler was without mercy. The beast lashed out with a claw and caught the fighter in the shoulder. He stumbled. The bear closed in for the kill, but his big feet were clumsy, and for one fatal moment he tottered. A moment was enough. The brawler reached up with both hands and caught a tangle of the monster's hair. Then he heaved down with all his strength and sank his knee into the beast's face. This time there was no roar. Only the wet thud of impact and a sickening squelch as he lowered his gore-soaked knee. The bear swayed there for a moment, Iker sheeting down his ruined face. Then he dropped to the dirt, and the monster was still. The crowd exploded. The red haze lifted. He was vaguely aware that they were cheering. The savage lay sprawled before him. 
He could still feel the flurry of his violence thrumming in his limbs, but in his memory there was only swirling scarlet. The ringmaster approached. Instinctively, Haytham found himself bracing for another attack. He caught himself and let his arms go slack. The other man was grinning. He seized the brawler's bloody fist and raised it to the sky. Your champion! He screamed. The son of none! Son of none! Son of none! Son of none! The son of none. A dazed grin broke across the fighter's cheeks. He could barely see. Both his eyes were swollen nearly shut. His tongue felt thick and fuzzy. He tasted copper. The ringmaster pressed a pouch into his hand. You earned it, he said, his voice almost lost in the roar of the crowd. He clapped Haytham on the back, and a dart of pain lanced through him. But this too seemed muted and distant. Their cheers pushed everything else to the fringes. They swarmed into the pit. The ruined bear was swallowed up, forgotten by the crowd in their frenzy to reach their hero, their champion. They clutched at his arms, his shoulders, his back, as if by touching his sleeve they might soak up the dregs of his glory. As if what he'd just done wasn't all he'd ever been good for, and nothing more. Brutal, bloody violence. Sim! Haytham had started for the door. He felt them tugging at his tunic as he pressed through the throng. Then an ugly, ripping sound. The crowd went silent. He turned, gray eyes flashing. More than one of them was holding onto a scrap of his shirt, but the better part of it was clutched in the hands of a tiny boy with wide eyes and a shock of orange hair. The rest hung in tatters over Haytham's belt. The boy looked stricken. Tears welled in his eyes. He held up the torn fabric, offering it back, his lower lip quivering. But the crowd's eyes weren't on him. They were looking at Haytham with awe, with fear, with bated breath. The brawler's body was all sinew. The turtle shell muscles of his stomach rippled as he breathed. Beneath the red splotches that were already darkening into bruises, his muscles came together like the steel plates of a soldier's suit. And like the suit, his body was dinted and scarred with the memories of forgotten battles. He turned. Somewhere in the throng, he heard a gasp. All they saw were the wings. The wings. Huge and black and furled across the brawler's back, a seven-year of sun had faded them gray and turned his skin to leather. But there they were, stamped indelibly across his hide like the name they'd earned him. The Reaper scanned their wide, unblinking faces. Recognition. He felt it at his core. They remembered. He pushed through the crowd in silence. No one moved. He swept his cloak across his shoulders and sped toward the cellar door. Standing there beside the door, the barkeep wore the same slack-jawed expression as the rest of them. I know it, he whispered, his voice shaking. You're really him. Haytham ignored him. He was looking at the man standing beside the barkeep, leaning against a barrel with his face half in shadow. He was a Kadari one of the sons of the desert from the southernmost fringe of the Dominion, though a great many from the north and south alike would perhaps have preferred it had Kadar remained her own free state. He took a step into the light, and Haytham saw the short sword thrust through the belt of his mercenary leathers. Not that it mattered. He'd have known the spider's man if he was naked holding a candlestick. It was in the eyes. The sellsword didn't say a word. He gave Haytham a curt nod, then jerked his head to the cellar door. The brawler spat blood in the dirt and followed him out. The whispers of the crowd trailed after him long after he'd gone.
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It truly means the world to me. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe and the notification bell so that you never miss an episode. When I started to write seriously, I was 17 years old and I had this idea based around a Dungeons and Dragons character that I had made. Fast forward nine years and that story has become Last Coliseum. So if you're a writer, if you're an artist, if you're just starting out, I really want to encourage you to keep going because you will get better over time and you will eventually become the person that you right now can't even imagine. So definitely keep going. I want to hear from you. What is your deal? Let me know in the comments and I'll catch you guys next week.